Welcome to episode 65 of the Horror Dads podcast. We are back. Jamie, what back. is up, man? Happy uh, summer, almost. Happy summer. Yeah. We are so sorry it's been a minute. Uh, we've had some stuff going on. We had a little bit of rescheduling and then a, a little bit of a cancellation from a guest. And then I, John, ended up getting COVID. So uh, we had Congrats. to... Congrats. Yeah. Uh, wasn't so bad. Luckily, no Good. one in the family got it, but I had to isolate down in the basement for about nine days until I tested negative. So it's been a minute, uh, but we're back and I'm so glad to be doing this, man. I miss this just as much as I miss my kids, honestly. Nice. Good to have you back healthy and glad the family has been safe and healthy as well. There's been a lot going on in our worlds uh, since we last convened. It's been a little over a month. Uh, we've got merch going on. There's been tons happening in the horror world. Uh, and the most prominent and I guess discussed thing happening is that Stranger Things season four has come out. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, it's been all the rage as it should be. And it is, uh, I think we both finished it. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Incredible. Also, it's incredible that, uh, the show has sustained quality throughout, you know? So totally agree. So our episode theme today, we're going to talk about our favorite. Uh, we're just going to talk about 10 of our collective favorite TV shows that are horror related horror in, yep. in honor of stranger things. But, um, to your point though, about, uh, stranger things <clears throat> being so on top of its game, I feel like the first season came out and it was like, man, these characters are amazing. The second season came out. It was like, man, these characters, this setting is amazing. Third season came out. You're like, man, these characters, the setting, and like they kept tacking on perfecting yeah. literary devices, like as they went. Um, and this, this new season is just so fucking pretty looking. The cuts are just so, it's so well filmed and the production quality is so high. It's just like, it's great. It is great. They could do pretty much anything at this point, I think. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, the music and the Kate Bush song that <laughs> yeah, yeah, was dude. buried in a glacier. Yeah. And the glacier has melted, uh, and she is now on Mount Stranger Things. Can you, I was talking to some friends about this can you imagine like her waking up like i mean obviously she knew the show was coming out and stuff yeah. but imagine if it was like i don't watch tv but sure i'll be on your stranger things show and then like you wake up and you're like 111 million streams <laughs> what the hell what happened <laughs> yeah uh justifiably so that song at i was talking to some friends the other night about this song and we were saying how like I don't know that I've ever heard the song. Maybe I have uh, in passing, but now it's like forever ingrained in Dude, that show. It's you know? immediately, yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, so we love it, but we thought, you know, there are a bunch of other horror TV shows that we love. Um, and TV is interesting. It's a little different than film for a couple of reasons. But one is that you have to have a little bit more tolerance uh, in, and especially some of the specific shows <laughs> we're going to talk about. Like when you have... 20, 30, 35 episodes a year of a show, like there are going to be some shitters in there and there are going to be some awesome ones in there. So, uh, we'll, we'll have some fun talking about that. And I, I just, I like this prompt. I like this theme and we, we didn't know if we were going to be able to get to 10 and then we were like, wait, we have, we have 30. Yeah. How, yeah. How are we going to whittle down? <laughs> oh man. Uh, great topic. Yeah, of course. I'm excited. Dude, you come up with the best topics. Mm. You're the best. So, other than Stranger Things, what have you been watching? So, uh, you're probably sick of hearing me talk about it, but I've watched this movie called Popcorn uh, from the 90s, 91, I want to say. Here we go. It was either back, 90 or 91, back yeah. Back to Popcorn. Back to it. 
Yeah. It's funny because I first mentioned it to you like four weeks ago, like you said, <laughs> yeah. it's been a while. Um, but dude, so fucking fun. It's uh, it's one of those movies where like you don't go into it expecting too much. Um, I had never even heard of it. And the logo on Shutter, if you've scrolled past it, yeah, it's like I'm not watching this. It, the logo isn't even full size. It's like a thumbnail or something. Yep, yep, yep. yep. <laughs> um, and uh, it's this movie about a group of kids who uh, have a theater department in college. Nobody gives a shit about. Uh, they get no funding, so they decide to throw this uh, all night horathon at like a local theater. They spruce it up. There's a montage scene of them like fixing and cleaning. Um, just way too short of a amount of time for them to have this thing ready to go. Yeah. I was um, watching this with you at your house a little bit. Yeah. yeah. But they do like really fun movies like mosquito and the stench and shit like that. And then like they have, uh, they make it like 3d vision or 40, uh, a 40 experience where like yep. they pump shitty smells into the theater. Uh, they have like this buzzing mosquito that like they have set up on like, you know, like a zip line and, uh, all this fun stuff, but there's a killer going through, kind of taking everyone oh, out. Oh, I so know. Yeah, really, uh, really fun, really cheesy. Uh, yeah, but yeah, no, it's worth a watch. Popcorn, right? Popcorn, and then I also watched, yeah, ninety or ninety one, one of those. Dude, that movie looks like it was filmed in twenty one, nineteen twenty one. Yeah, and it's got the uh, the daughter from the stepfather. Oh yeah, 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 yeah that yeah, we yeah. love. Yeah, yeah, the Terry O'Quinn one. Yeah, she's great. Uh, so she's great, and she was also in. What else was she in? American Ninja or something. I don't know if that's the right one. That might be the girl from Friday Part 4. Never mind. <laughs> your, your son's uh, favorite film. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Matt Hepler's least favorite film. Uh, but Candyman 2021 finally watched it. Oh, yeah. What'd you think, man? Yeah. Um, I, I thought about <clears throat> what you had said when you talked about it. Like artsy and it's like a elevated... I know we don't like to use yeah, yeah. the elevated horror trope, but it is. It's an elevated uh, version of the original. It's really good, really well done. I like the way that they flip the, you know. It's super smart, yeah. slick. It but also good. the direction was amazing, dude. Yeah. Like that little scene where it was almost like a rear window-ish of the apartment. And yep. I was just I love it, loving it. Yep. Cool. Yeah, so I did check out, as we mentioned, the fourth uh, season of Stranger Things which was great. Mm-hmm. Um, but with the passing of Fred Ward, I went back and I watched uh, Tremors, um, yeah. which is always great this time of year. Love that movie. Uh, love Fred Ward. Oh, we lost Ray Liotta too, since we last talked. Yeah. So he, he died on uh, my wife's birthday last mm, week. Yeah. She called me sad. Yeah. No, that is sad. She said, it's my birthday and Ray Liotta's dead. And she loves Goodfellas. So. Oh yeah, dude. Who doesn't? Yeah. I, I totally agree. So I did go back through Tremors, uh, love that film. Um, but, uh, you know, it's, it's that time of year, man. I, I grilled, uh, for the first time, like did a real grill. I watched the burbs while I did it. Yeah. Um, I have rear window out of the, out of the package as well. So the burbs and rear window are kind of on, on, uh, recycle repeat in my house right now. So the, the season is here, man. We're in summer. Yeah, I've also started that uh, where I've already had the burbs. Like, I've watched, you know, the first 30 minutes of the burbs, like, five times already. Um, yeah. And then I still know what you did last summer. I've been pumping pretty hard. Typically, I would hit I Know What You Did Last Summer, which I already have. Um, but I still know is streaming. It's not always streaming every summer. This summer it's streaming, so I've been taking advantage. You see uh, our buddies in Alone in the Dark are doing that as their Friday Night Frights in July. Oh, perfect. Not I still know. And I still know. It'd be oh, funny if they well, did. I still know. 
Oh, I know what you did. We might be there. If it were, I still know. We would I'm be there definitely. <laughs> be there. Oh, man. But we uh, we love those guys. Check out What Alone. are you waiting for, huh? <laughs> Check out Alone in the Dark if you've not. All right. So what have you been buying or what gifts have you been receiving? Yeah, I was going to say, so I actually haven't. Uh, I know it's been a long amount of time. I don't know that I bought anything, which is weird. But, dude, we're each holding a present we from a, a, a patron and friend of ours, Travis Davis. And love uh, Travis so much, Travis. We love you, buddy. And and you sent one uh one tube to me and one tube tube yeah. to Jamie. And we've been holding on to these, man. We haven't opened them. We're gonna do no. it live on air right now. Yeah. Um. So, uh, Travis, appreciate you, man. Um, it arrived just in time. Last week Ooh. was my birthday. Yeah. So here we go. Let's uh All right, pop John. these tubes, yeah. man. Mm. All right. All right. Ooh. I'm in. Uh, it's a definitely a poster. Yeah. You got a poster in yours too, Jamie? Yep. No, it's a charm bracelet. <laughs> just came, came just in a, a poster, poster too. <laughs> oh, oh, what do you got there? God, I dude. haven't unwrapped mine yet. All right, so I am looking at... I'm going to unwrap mine. Oh, my speaking God. Speaking of the burbs. Dude. I've got a Tom Hanks burbs poster signed by Joe, da- Perfect by Joe Dante. Perfect timing. Joe Dante? John. Oh, man. Travis, you are Travis. amazing, dude. Thank you so much. And look what I'm holding here, John. Oh, dude, what do you got Burying over there? the X. Also by Joe Dante. With Joe Dante. Dude. And his signature, Travis. This is amazing, man. Yeah, Travis, we appreciate you, man. Thank you so much for doing <sighs> this. This is honestly like... I, I kind of want to stop recording and You're just too good to send us, you buddy. an email. Uh, but this is amazing. Can't wait to get this up. Dude, the fact that you took time out of your day to do that for us, and it's yeah, amazing. Reach out to Joe. God, so cool. Thank you. Um, God, you're the best, man. We also got another gift. Uh, amazing. Uh, what do we got? By uh, someone that reached out to us on Instagram, vulture34 underscore art mm. is his, his handle. Um, so he's got an Etsy store. It's etsy.com slash the vultures. But uh, he reached out to us. He has a, a, a shirt. He sent one to each of us. Yep, sure did. That says uh, horror dad on it. And Jamie, I'm wearing it. You're not. Can you describe yes. uh, what's on the shirt? Yes, we have Jack Torrance um, sitting on a bench wearing a Freddy Krueger sweater. Uh, little Mikey Myers on his lap wearing his clown mask, <laughs> holding the Necronomicon, while Chucky is peering from behind the bed at what's going on. And there's a red balloon right next to Jack Torrance with a um, the Hellraiser cube called whatever the fuck. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's that. The Hellraiser cube. Uh, but yeah, there's just a ton of fucking looks like there's creep show comic on the ground and. Well, dude, thank you so much for you. You sent one to Jamie and one to myself, so we appreciate you, man. Thanks for sending this out. So uh, we'll get a poster of the the uh, design posted as well. But Etsy.com slash the Vultures. Thanks so much for hooking us up, man. Amazing love design, man. Absolutely love it. Uh, oh, dude. Also, speaking of uh, gifts, <clears throat> you had said uh, Matt, our buddy Matt Bowman also got us those coloring books, right? Yeah, yep, yep, yep. And um, I got mine the day that you talked about yours. You were saying how the kids every night want to color. And I was like, okay, this is some John hyperbole here. No. I, I brought it home to my kids. For the next three days, I was like, hey, Dad, can we color in that uh, horror book? And you were loved, into it, too. Fucking loved it, yeah. dude. They loved it way more than I was like, yeah, kids are going to love coloring books. Sure. Loved it. They loved it more than any other coloring book that they have. And I think they were so into it because they knew the answer from us was going to be yes every time they wanted to color because like, yeah. we were into it. Yeah. So it's a perfect thing. 
Love you too, Matt. And you get like nitpicky, like, no, Slimer's not purple. What the fuck are you doing? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, a green mummy? Bullshit. What are you, an idiot? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Oh, man. All right, so what are you wearing? We just talked about what I'm wearing. What do you have on? In the, uh, following the theme of horror TV, I have my uh, Cavity Colors uh, Crypt Keeper carving a jack-o'-lantern with his own face. Which is so fitting. Um, Dude, if so the yeah, Crypt Keeper a, did carve a pumpkin, it would be a, a, a pumpkin of him. Yeah. yeah. Who else would it be? And I think that this was a, uh, was this a spook bag release? I think it was, yeah. yeah. A few years ago. I love that. I love that shirt. Oh, my God. Anything with the Crypt Keeper. There's so not good. enough merch with uh, that guy's pleasant smile. So good. <clears throat> what, uh, what about family stuff? Anything cool you want to share? I know Dude, you talked about, about the coloring this? books. All right, so my little one, Riker. <clears throat> so he came up stairs in my office right as monster squad was ending. I was like watching monster squad one day and he's like, Hey, what was that? So I tell him and he like, I started it in the middle form. Uh, like once the monsters are already there, I cut all the beginning shit out. You know what yeah, I mean? The, the macabre airplane like, and yeah, all that yeah, stuff. Yeah. They don't give a shit about that. Uh, so yeah, the Van Helsing beginning. No, <laughs> So anyways, he watches it, loved it. The next morning comes into my office for work and, you know, he's like, can you put something on for me? I said, yeah, what do you want? And he said, monster squad. I was like, what? So I put it on from the beginning this time. And he was like, I didn't see this. I was like, well, yeah, it's the beginning. And he was like, felt like I had gypped him previously. Dude, fucking just loved it. Really? He loved all the, like sat there and watched the entire movie. I mean, I asked me a million questions squad, while I'm so. trying to work, but you know how yeah. that is. Uh, but no, he... So today, before I uh, left to come over here, I wanted to ask him what his favorite monster was so that I could, uh, you know, inform everyone. And he was like, no, I love them all. I love them all equally. I love the Wolfman. I love the Mummy. I love the Swamp Monster. I love the Wolfman. He's like, I love the Vampire. I think Frank is probably his favorite. He's my favorite, but him and Wolfman. You want to know what's hilarious about this story you shared? Is mine is... uh, intrinsically linked yeah so my oldest daughter or i'm sorry my youngest daughter four year old luna she is playing t-ball so with the exception this past week i've been coaching her team uh and she had team pictures uh for t-ball right so i bring her up to the field and uh, get all of her stuff, get her hat. I had to, like, put safety pins in it and shit to get it to fit because mm-hmm. her head's so small. So, like, get in there. And uh, the photographer, she goes, okay, coaches, are, are you ready? I was like, oh, uh, for what? And they're like, well, you got to get in the picture. And I had my Stephen King Rules shirt Oh, on. yeah. Yeah, the one that this the kid's wearing in. Yeah. in Monster Squad. Uh, and I look over, and Brittany's looking at me like, you, you nerd. Douche. So, uh, in the uh, group T-ball picture, uh, my daughter is going to be able to reflect on this for the rest of her life, as are all her teammates. But their coach is wearing a Stephen King Rules T-shirt. I love that. Until they the Photoshop photo. like a, just a random glove over to, over top <laughs> of the shirt. Like, wait, what? What? I don't, an MLB logo on that <laughs> red shirt floating That's in front strange. of strange. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, also, so Riker also watched E.T. for the first time. Oh, dude, what do you think? Loved it. Into it? Yeah. Again. Um, he was like, that, 
he just like I mean ET and and Monster Squad are the same cloth, pretty much you know yeah same neighborhood he, he like he was so like the scene where uh, ET has the wig on and Drew Barrymore <laughs> dresses him up he made me rewind it like he just laughing so fucking hard uh, that genuine four year old laughter it's amazing so yeah no I'm he's he's an eighties boy already perfect that's Love amazing it. dude. Uh, all right, so we got a couple plugs here. We got a new patron. Uh, so we have a patron already named Joe Marino. We have another patron now named Joe Marino. Oh, look at that. Other Joe Marino, newer one. Thank you for joining, man. We love you. We appreciate you. Um, Always. Live out in Seattle and showing some love all the way uh, to Ohio here. So thank you, man. We appreciate you joining. And he had, Joe had done this thing uh, where he was like, I'm not going to join Patreon until I'm done with all the. Until I'm caught up. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And then there was an episode. I can't remember which one it was. And he texted us and he was like, all right, I I just listened to this episode. I joined. (laughs) You guys sold me. I think it was the werewolf one. Yeah. 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 It was because we were talking about werewolves uh, within. <clears throat> well joe marino proper thank you buddy uh appreciate it means you. the world man thank you also our tank top pre-order thank you all so much oh for participating God, yeah. huge huge hit um those went like wildfire so again the first 15 orders are getting a free koozie with the tanks uh my kids and i we spent uh the majority of the day now that i'm officially covid free uh packaging those up so those are going to ship this week uh, this will probably come out on Monday, and that's when we'll be shipping. So uh, you guys should see those soon. For those that missed out, we should have some restocks uh, up in the shop toward the end of the month. Um, and if you want to buy a koozie, those are available in the shop now. So you can jump yes. in there and buy one. Yes. Um, instead of sending photos of the tank tops, we should just have everybody send photos of their farmer's tan. <laughs> <laughs> just like sunburnt adrian uh posted, just like a white tank top marking <laughs> yeah uh, messaged us today and said horror dads or horror daddies because i posted a picture of myself yeah, yeah. That tank top. <laughs> uh, funny um so tank tops other merch is available on horrordads.com so if you're interested please head over there and check it out we also have a patreon as we mentioned uh, we've got a five dollar tier and a ten dollar tier so if you are interested in additional content or supporting supporting us further, um, a little bit goes a long way. So appreciate the consideration. You pre- appreciate you checking it out. Uh, but without further ado, Absol- actually, John, before we get into this, let's do a little bit of horror news. Yeah, dude, there's a lot of news going. Yeah. So uh, I want to highlight a few things coming out. So David Gordon Green is directing. I didn't even know this was coming out. A new uh, The Exorcist. Yeah, cool. So there's a whole trilogy, I guess, planned. Uh, the first one, he's directing the first one. I don't know about the uh, follow-ups, but it's going to release. I think it's set for October 13th, 23. Ellen Burstyn's going to be in it, so it's probably going to be a requel. Yep. Right? Um, David Cronenberg's Crimes of the Future releases today. That looks fucking batshit. Yeah. Have you seen the trailer yet? I have. I did. Dude. Uh, someone said it What do you me. think of that? I can't remember. Uh, maybe Zach. But, uh, yeah, dude. I that's mean, the one. That's a movie that, like, if we took our wives to, the, could you imagine? Oh my god! I, I can't. Like, we'd have to get I, a condo. I can't even imagine my wife's reaction if I took her to that, not knowing. Like she would have, I wouldn't, I couldn't let her watch a trailer because she wouldn't go. You know? <laughs> yeah. So I would yeah. have to take her in blind, and it yeah. would just be. What the fuck is this? You yeah. would just like there would be just a woman staring at a man the entire movie. Uh, and then the last thing I wanted to mention is our buddy Christopher Landon 
who's not really our buddy, but he's amazing, uh, who directed Freaky and Happy Death Day, is directing and writing. Do you know what? What is it? Zach just texted me this. Perfect. Literally, uh, yesterday. So he is directing and writing a new remake of Arachnophobia. Yep. Arachnophobia, look. I I got it right here on my phone. Yeah. Uh, but I don't know, I, I haven't seen any details of what it's going to be, you know, like if it's going to be requel or yeah. straight up remake, I don't know. I'd love to see Jeff Daniels come out of the woodwork for that one. I mean, he does stuff, but he does more thoughtful roles. I, I'm, I'm not sure. He, yeah, I don't, I don't, I'm not hopeful he'll be in that, but I'd love him to be. It, I, it seems like it's in good hands. Yeah. So if something's in good hands and is getting good treatment, I think the original guys wouldn't shy away. Yeah, it's not like VH1. It's like, not like hey, you and I, Jeff. Yeah. All right, man. You want to get into it? All right. Yeah. Let's go. Let's get into it. Okay, man. So there are a plethora of horror TV shows. Um, are there some that you want to talk about before we get into it, or do you want to save that for after? Yeah, let's. I I have a a pretty hefty runner up list. Yeah. Um, but I want to confirm your picks first. So yeah, we'll, cool. we'll, we'll talk about it after. Yeah, that's fine. Let's not forget. Yeah, we always forget. We always do this. Yeah, we'll talk yeah. about it later. Later is <laughs> five years from like, now. All yeah. right, our Patreon episode is going to be uh, <laughs> runners up. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> all right, you uh, you want me to go first this yeah, time? Yeah, I feel yeah. like you always go first. Yeah. Yeah, are you doing like a numerical, like number five through one, or is it just a um? So the the last one is definitely my favorite. However, I had to space these out to be a little methodical. So a little bit, but not not totally. It's not like my top five favorite. Yeah, and we did have to share our picks with one another prior to ensure that we didn't overlap too much, um, especially with a topic like this. So this is definitely not my top five, but. Yeah, I was telling it's five you. I love. I was telling you before we started. Um, I had a hard time with that fifth one, uh, because yeah. my other, like my fifth one, would have been any of the five that are on your list. You yeah, know? so it was tough. I had a similar experience. All right, so I'm gonna go with uh my number five. Okay, cool. All right, so I'm gonna go with the 2009 one season 13 episode show called Harper's Island. It's happened here before and it's happening again. Getting picked off one by one. There's another body, Dad. Hanging in a tree. Sound familiar? Why now? Look, I need your help. You ever wonder how one short walk can change anything? Annie, what are you doing? I think we could use a prayer. Going to get to be a flower girl, Abby. Who told you that? The spirits told me. Who's doing this, Dad? Oh man, I love this show. Yeah, so I don't think any of these shows are going to have one. Well, maybe one, but no singular director. So this this show for sure had a, a handful of different directors. But to name a few, um, uh, Sanford Bookstaver, Steve Boyan, uh, Craig Baxley, just to name a few. Starring Elaine Cassidy, Christopher Gorham, Gina Holden, Matt Barr. Uh, so this, I think, flew pretty under the radar for the most part. Yeah. I had never heard of it until it was streaming. Yeah. I watched it like three years ago. So this this came out in 2009. 
and um, it's it's a whodunit kind of kind of thing, but it's it it t- it takes place on a place called Harper's Island. That was the scene of like a gruesome series of murders, um, and then I think the present day, like the time in which the film takes place, was like seven years after all those murders happened. Um, but the family and friends kind of gather on this island for a wedding, right? And one by one, they kind of start to get offed. And you don't know who the killer is. It's a whodunit. You've got all these different character types. You have your um, uh, your more promiscuous, you know, female presence. You've got the jock. You've got um, the nice guy. You've got the comic relief. Uh, you have the final girl kind of presence. Like, all these pretty pretty well-defined, pretty streamlined kind of presences exist within uh, the show. Um, I'd say the one downfall of this show is probably the acting. Or maybe it's the writing. I We never know on this yeah. podcast, like, is it bad acting or is it bad writing? Um, so the acting is probably like a C. Uh, the story is is pretty good. I'd say the story is like a B. Uh, but the setting is it for me. Like, the setting's like an A. So... Yeah, so it is very um, April Fool's Day ish, right? Like Dude, the, yes. the boat ride in, the ferry ride yeah. in. Yeah. Totally. Um, this is a show that to me, <clears throat> if it came out now, would have more success than it did in 09. Because I feel like in this probably came out on what, like Fox or some fucking shit, some network? You know, I meant to look that up. I don't know. And my point to that is that if this was on, let's say, uh, a streaming service, you know? Yeah. A uh, shutter or something. It, you can bring in the niche audience. Uh, you can attract them more than you would on Fox or uh, some network like that. Yeah, CBS came out on. Dude, exactly. And it's just the wrong market for that type of show. Yeah. Uh, you you need that niche audience, and they weren't finding them on CBS. Nope. You know what I mean? So so I found this. It, so it aired on CBS in 2009, um, but it was streaming probably on Netflix because at that time... I watched it in 2011. It was like right when my wife and I moved to Chicago. We had no friends yet. Um, we had no money. So it was like, oh, great. Let's move to a super expensive place, not have any money yet and no friends. And it was like, what do you want to do tonight? Uh, do you want to watch Harper's Island or The Office again? So that's what we did. And I remember moving there. And this show was a companion for me for the first like month that I lived there and uh I appreciate it for that fact but um, how did your wife like it I think she was like this is fine yeah, yeah. well it's entertaining the whodunit makes it watchable yeah right? and the it's, twist at the end was nice the, it's a good twist yeah. uh the kills are are fine <laughs> um again it's the setting it has that whole kind of like uh I still know what you did last summer ish um the the setting uh, it's just the setting's fun. like it's good it's it's good yeah it's like a resort they're there for a wedding yeah yeah the setting's what's a little bit above board so like I'm uh, I'm into it for that fact yeah um and again the story is like totally fine uh the the whodunit thing is is great the friendship aspect is great um I think this was filmed up in Canada so it's like it's really pretty the setting uh it feels good it looks nice and I think we're going to probably hit on what, like, our favorite episode and favorite season and favorite character, right, for each of these these picks? Yeah. 
So my my favorite character from the show is the British dude, Cal. Mm -hmm. So like he's this like real kind of nerdy, reserved British guy uh, who's along for the ride. He doesn't have a, a relationship with anyone other than his girlfriend who's there. And all the other guys are kind of like ragging on him the whole time for being this conservative, kind of like prissy sort of dude. Mm-hmm. Um, but he ends up having his redemption uh, in in the show, which is cool. And he 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 inadvertently provides comic relief because like he's the butt of the joke oftentimes, but he he's still funny about it. So Cal, uh, I, I I like um, it's only one season, so I guess the season is my. My favorite season uh but the the last episode i gotta go with uh as my pick just because of the reveal um it's super dramatic it's over the top but the whole premise of the show it's not you don't have like it's not like season four of stranger things where 15 storylines are happening at once there's like there's one focus on the show it's like who's the killer exactly and nothing else um well so. once you start killing people off to there's already a limited number, so yeah. as in, got eight characters I still and know three yeah. are left. So yep. who the fuck is it, right? Yeah. So, but yeah, man, that's my. I I got to go with that as my first. Um, I dig this show, and I think you do too, right? Yeah. No. I so I watched it. Like I said, maybe three time fucking flies. Three to five years ago, I'd say. Um, caught it on some sort of streaming service. Had not talked to you previously about it, so I I had never even heard of it. Went into it totally blind. Um, my only complaint really was that it felt fucking network, you know? Yeah. Um, just certain things feel, they just have that like vibe, like the quality or I don't know. Again, I don't know if it's a chicken or the egg. I don't know what is causing it to feel that way, but, um, yeah, but dude, fucking, I loved it aside from that. All right. So my number five, we're going to go to, um, a high school setting here. All right, let's what do, do you think, man? Um, if you had to guess, my number five, fuck it, I'm just going to tell you. Friends. We're going to Sunnydale High School. Oh, dude. The setting for Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Hi, Willow, right? Why? I, I mean, hi. Uh, did you want me to move? Why don't we start with, hi, I'm Buffy. Buffy Summers. Yeah. Hi. What? I need to speak with you. You are the chosen one. You alone can stop them. Who? Into every generation a slayer is born. One girl in all the world. The chosen one. One born with a strength. Strength and skill to hunt the vampires. Stop the spread of their evil blah, blah, blah. I've heard it. Okay. I really don't understand this attitude. So this is Joss Whedon's uh, redemption so he first had to make the movie, which came out in, what, 94? I think so. Um, and he didn't feel like it was a very good representation of his story, uh, which I love that movie. I uh, love Donald Sutherland in that movie, too. So uh, Christy Swanson. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, no, this is uh, the better representation of Joss Whedon's story, I guess, according to him. So that's great for uh, him and his story. Uh, so Buffy is... Um, New to Sunnydale, right? So the first episode, she comes in, and then she meets uh, the friend group. uh, Xander, Willow. Cordelia. uh, Yeah, dude. It's just like this amazing cast of characters. Giles. Um, That's why this episode, or this show, lasted 145 episodes. And spinoffs, too, man. Angel. Yes. 
ran from uh, 97 to 2011, which is an insane run. Um, yeah, dude. Super well-written, as it should be, because of Joss. It's um, 97, by the way. Let's pause for one second. Yeah. Scream 2, Buffy, and I know what you did last summer. This was the uh, Sarah Michelle year, 97. Uh, don't talk about her too much, because I might fight you, because I love her so much. Uh, I'm not saying that she hasn't had years since, but this was the year of Sarah Michelle, I'd say. Yeah, it's really um, like, and she truly is a captivating presence. She's dude, a great actor. The most. Yeah. Uh, Nicholas Brendan, Allison Hannigan, Anthony Head, uh, and then just a fucking slew of, of others like Seth Green, you know, David Boreanaz. Uh, oh, dude. Michelle my mom, Trackenberg. My mom loved David Boreanaz. Like loved it. And him. you guys watched this show as a family, right? It was like yeah. you got together and watched it. Yes. See, my family did not. So I've gotten into this later in life. Yeah, my family would also get to get together to watch another uh show we're gonna talk about. But Perfect. But yes. Um my favorite character is Buffy, but I also love Xander. Like Xander's really comic really. Yeah, yeah, and he's you know, it's funny, he's the Randy. Um, but this show is unbelievably well written, well developed characters. And you know what I love about these characters is that like they have like real world flaws you know it's not just like superficial shit um i love the school it's the same school that uh 90210 was shot in yeah so uh, you get that immediate feeling of like no i'm just in like a 90s fun show you know which it is uh but there's some really fucking like scary shit in there uh one episode i wanted to talk about was one called uh, i for these i just kind of did like Especially for these anthology ones, I just did like a selection of some of my favorite episodes because it's just too tough to pick one. Uh, because this shows over 100 episodes. This show is very heavy on uh, Monster of the Week, too, which you and I love. So it makes the show it. so just like fun. There's all these different monsters and demons and all the shit that she is, you know, yeah, Queen Nefera's in from uh, an Egyptian tomb. Yeah, it's exactly. like, all right, well, I got to deal with this shit today. But also, she has homecoming. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so it's yeah. like you're always dealing with like real oh, world shit juxtaposed with like this fantastical bullshit. And I'm it's just, smiling like an asshole. It's over well here. done. It's yeah. fucking just really fun to watch. If you haven't seen it, the first season is kind of eh. But after that, it just really it gets rolling and it's just like it's hard not Wait, to watch. What did I, our buddy Mike Boylan say? Uh, this is Dawson's Creek with vamp with vampires. <laughs> exactly. I'm like, why wouldn't you like that with demons and shit? Yeah. It's it's uh, the best way to summarize it. So honestly. good. Um, so my favorite episodes, there's one called Hush from season four. It's episode 10. Um, I think we've that's talked about no this episode talking, before. Yeah. Which is just like, that's what I love about this show too, is they go out on limbs. Another one is the musical episode, uh, called Once More With Feeling season six, episode seven. They just do the, they just do this shit, you know? Yeah. Um, and in the nineties and early two thousands, that was going out on a limb. I feel like so, uh, well done to them. And then all of their Halloween episodes are always fucking great. Yeah. Uh, and just so fun i know we talked about one of those too so yeah no Halloween buffy party. it is man yeah dude i i think a a, a constant theme that's going to come up on all of uh, the selections we have here are um is the setting because you know with anthologized or long runs of tv shows like you spend so much time in the setting that that's the constant. So <clears throat> when you've got a show that has over a hundred episodes, again, you're going to have your clunkers, you're going to have your, um, your bullseyes, but like, regardless of whether it's a clunker or bullseye, like you feel so comfortable in the setting and the scene. It's like a, a soap opera almost, you know, it's just like, yeah. you're so yeah. comfortable. That I don't do feel, know. Exactly. Yeah. With vampires. Yeah. 
So yeah, dude, I, I'm all about this pick. You know how much I love Buffy, and this was a family family show for, for yeah. my family for sure. And I also love the. Um, I love that they always have like that center hub. You know, it feels very much like <laughs> yeah. to me. It feels very much like the Friday the Thirteenth TV show where they have like that museum that they're yeah. in and then all this shit kind of branches off from there. I feel like that's, it's like the Hogwarts it had common to be inspired room. by that. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yep. Totally I love agree, that. Man. Yeah. All right, let's get to our, it, I call it their headquarters. I know it's not, it's like a library or something, but it's a library. Yeah. yeah. Giles in there with a sweater, sweater vest each time. Yeah. And now we're at the point where we learn all the characters are shit bags, except for Sarah Michelle. <laughs> it's like, ugh. <laughs> yeah. Mm. All right. <clears throat> So, I'm going back in time a little bit here. Twin Peaks, 1990, um, directed by David Lynch, along with many others. She's dead, wrapped in plastic. Good Lord, Laura. Laura Was it seduction or illusion? Deception or murder? Nothing is what it seems. Diane, 11.30 a.m., February 24th. In a town like Twin Peaks. So, David Lynch, Leslie Gladder, Caleb uh, Deschanel, Dwayne Dunham, Tim Hunter. Just so many so many directors directed multiple episodes of this show. This, this show didn't have a super long run. Uh, it, it obviously had its uh, resurgence a couple years back, but... Um, the first onset and the first iteration of this show was was pretty short lived, um, and much of that was political. So I'll get get into that from in a minute here. But uh, Twin Peaks really pioneered the funky, the weird, the yeah, the quirky, dude, the the, the quirky, the the scary, the sexy, the captivating like it had so many different unique qualities to it um that were all just so just so interesting um and i did not grow up watching this show i was too young because it came out in 1990 i was three years old right Uh, so i found this later in life and i actually found this after i found many other shows i loved uh, but still, even later in life, it just it captured me. And I know my dad had a relationship with the show, too, which was really interesting to hear him sort of talk about it. Um, but he, you know, he always said, like, holy shit. No, that, sh- that show was scary as hell. Like, um, everyone would talk about it. And again, water, water cooler moments. Yeah. The whodunit nature of it, like yeah. the whole like the killing <laughs> that show. Um, sure. Would yeah, not yeah, exist yeah. if it weren't for this show who killed Rosie Larson, who yeah, killed Laura Palmer, definitely. like literally the same thing. Yep. Uh, but the, the premise of this show starring Kyle McLaughlin, um, Madchen Amick, just such a, uh, great actor, both of them, uh, Dana Ashbrook, Laura Flynn Boyle, but an idiosyncratic FBI agent, agent Dale Cooper, uh, investigates the murder of a young woman named Laura Palmer in an even more idiosyncratic town called Twin Peaks. So you're in this log, this uh, Pacific Northwest logging town, and the introduction to this <laughs> the show, like the the opening sequence, um, the the title credits have this like you feel like you're watching uh, Days of Our Lives, or you feel like you're watching like any other soap opera yeah it's this like montage of this logging town and these like machines like cutting logs and stuff and this 
really strange music and you're like, what am I getting myself into? And you see the sign that says Twin Peaks and it has this like uh, iridescent like green uh, surrounding the, the, the text. And you're like, that's that that sign is so representative of the actual show because like everything in the show has like an iridescent like glow to it almost, uh, which is incredibly interesting. But uh, this this show won two Emmy Awards, one for, I think, costume design and one for editing in a series. Um, and my wife bought me a book called, uh, reflections and oral history of twin peaks written by Brad Dukes, Brad, I think for grad school down in Tennessee, wrote this oral history on twin peaks and really dove into the politics surrounding like the rollout of the show. It had this like primetime spot the first year that it aired, David Lynch had all the control, the network started to kind of push back and want to control things. David Lynch basically said, fuck you like David Lynch does. And they said, Oh, fuck us. Great. You're going to be season two midnight on Saturdays, like after Saturday, Saturday night live. Like if that's how you want to do this. So, um, it really kind of summarized the show and there's a huge disparity between season one and season two in terms of quality. And, you know, by the time season two sort of rolled and aired, you know, David Lynch really wasn't all that involved because he, uh, kind of got chased off because he couldn't really fulfill his vision. But a lot of politics to to all of that. But the show itself, that first season specifically, really has like a very like honeymoon quality strangeness to it where you just you don't know what's going on. You're incredibly captivated. You're incredibly interested. And you want to know what's going on. And this, this show is really all about the characters. There are like 50 parallel storylines that are happening all at once. You really love certain characters. You really hate certain characters. And I feel like Shows that allow you to have that kind of connection. The characters are the ones that are successful. Dale Cooper, he's he's king in the show, man. Like Kyle McLaughlin's character, uh, Agent Cooper, is just amazing. Uh, he has this like city slicker sort of vibe coming into a small town. He's talking into his recording uh, to his uh, to his assistant Diane, right? Just leaving tape recorded messages for her. He loves coffee. He I loves I, that. that- cup of black coffee i like it's impossible for me to talk about this shit like my, i'm smiling like a, yeah. an idiot right now uh thinking about all of these uh, little quirks um but in terms of my favorites like highlight moments so i think it's the first season it might be the second episode if, not, if i'm not mistaken but uh the one where they're out in the the forest and he has the chalkboard there and he's talking about tibet and he's throwing stones at the, the glass bottle uh i believe it's Season one, episode two, if I'm not mistaken. But that that is my favorite. It's my probably my favorite scene of Twin Peaks, and that's my favorite episode because of that scene. That's that's my number two, man. I I love this show. I'm so fond of this show. I love it so much. So how do you feel about the subsequent seasons? <clears throat> it just I, I feel like that first season was lightning in a bottle. That show exists to me. I I really want to rewatch the the stand. It wasn't standalone, but the third season on Showtime. I really want to revisit that. Um, but the second season is just might as well not exist to me at this point. Like, I feel like I'm never going to rewatch it. I've watched it twice. Yeah. Oh, every time I go in, like, no, I'm I'm in. I'm good to go. And then by episode two or three, I'm like. <sighs> yeah. And, and you, you got to check out this book by Brad Dukes. It's it's so well done and extensive. And there, he actually interviews the the actors mm-hmm. that were involved uh, in the process and a lot of the production team and whatnot. And he goes through sort of the what and the why happened. 
Um, but it, it it was all politics, not huh. to yeah. not to sound like a craggy like insider. Yeah. But what I uh, what I liked about the third season was that it didn't seem to have any of that. It, it's fucking bad shit. But it's not as so. Showtime is the one that ended Lynch-y, up, I guess, because David Lynch can go off the rails. Well, I fire rem- walk with me. I remember. Um, I can't remember. It was let's say Cinemax was supposed to have it first, which makes sense. Yeah, and David Lynch was like, "I need full control, Final Cut. Like, I'm not fucking around again." Yeah. And they're like, okay, yeah, yeah, you, you got it. And they're like, oh, actually, you can't. Um, your budget is this. It's not this. And he was like, fuck you. I'm out. And I remember like reading all this and I was like, oh, my God, it was going to come back. And now it's not. And then Showtime was like, no, 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 we'll give you what you want. And yeah. then it went over to Showtime. And that's nice. kind of how it happened. Uh, but, yeah. That, so that honestly is an indication and really kind of like a a full circle explanation as to like why the show was as weird as it was and why it led down the path it kind of went. But uh, that, that first season is as good as it gets, man. I'm assuming we both found this uh, probably the same way, which was like recommended by other shit you had been watching on your Netflix or whatever, uh, because I had never heard of it as well. I think we both found it around the same time. And I remember coming to visit you in Chicago with uh, my wife. And uh, I don't know if I brought it up first or you did. And I was like, yeah, I'm watching this really quirky, uh, fantastic show called Twin Peaks. And you were like, dude, I just finished it. And uh, yeah, no, it was perfect. Yeah, dude. So good. I, I love it. I, I mean, that first episode or the first season is like one of my favorite. It would have been on my list for sure. Yeah. Kyle McLaughlin, we love you. And uh, you know what's funny is when we first saw it, I had never really watched too much of David Lynch's stuff. I don't think at that point. So it was like, man, this show is like, what the fuck with this show? It's so weird. It's so quirky. And then you realize it's just David Lynch, you know, yeah. uh, once you start going back and watching Mulholland drive and eraser stuff head. Like that. Yeah. 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 And then it's like, okay, well, uh, blue velvet in particular, just so like David Lynch, just like his fingerprint is like unmistakable. So, yep. Love him. Love that man. Love that quaffed hair. It's perfect. All right, where are we at? Number four for me. Uh, Yeah. Yeah, dude. Yeah. All right, so we're going to start getting the meat of my... Like I said, the, the Buffy one is like... I liked it. I, I love the show. But now we're going to get to where uh, the true horror really lies. All right, so uh, this one is... We're going to start getting into some shows that like are like a teddy bear that I can just cuddle and put on anytime. You know what I mean? Just like comfort, a, a yeah. comfort blanket. Yep, um, yep. This one is not that, but this one is like one of those shows that I watched. You're not a fan of the show. Um, but going like right away, I started, this was like the first thing I watched when I got shutter. Cause I remember it was like one of the selling points for me was like, Oh, the show, uh, called channel zero, which is based on creepy pastas from the internet. Um, and it just looked so fucking like, like nothing I had been seeing, you know, when I was a kid, I did some things too. Let's just get this clear. You actually saw it in 1988. Do you really think that he just happened to find her out there? This is just the beginning. Kids are hurting someone! Everything that's happening now. Uh, so I dove right in once I got Shutter and was just like hooked. I remember just like binging whatever I could. 
Uh, I think they had the first three seasons on Shutter at that point. And I uh, just watched them like in maybe a week. I just I was hooked. And they're six episode uh, seasons. So it's like Shorties. super fucking easy to just pound out. You know, there's not too much fluff in there. Um, so it's four seasons, Candle Cove, The No End House, Butcher's Block, and The Dream Door. Uh, it's an anthology series based on creepypastas. Um, it, uh, it, so each, <clears throat> each season is a standalone season with a standalone story. Different characters every season. Um, it is not a recurring story. So, dude, just like to me, this is so like intriguing. Um, it was pretty well written. I mean, the stories themselves are just like anonymous stories posted on the internet. That's what a creepypasta is. Um, but the stories are so like original, you know, and uh, some of them are like, I can't even believe you tried to like make a show into this. It's really like <laughs> ambitious, you yeah. know. Um, so I, I wouldn't say that they 100% pulled everything off, but they did a hell of a job trying and, uh, they're really fun to watch. Um, I think the second season is probably my favorite season. It's called the no end house. It's very, you get vibes of like haunt a little bit. And, um, there's another one that I just can't put my finger on, but, uh, it's essentially like you go into this haunted house and you discover things about yourself that like you don't want to discover really. And you start, uh, creeping into your past and you just you can't escape, uh, which is why it's called the no end house. It just like never ends. Uh, but you have, I feel like everybody has to watch these, uh, every season, just like, like I said, six episodes, pound them out. Um, really like for a horror lover, they're really fun. Um, that second season, the main girl is Amy Forsyth, who's from Hellfest oh, and yeah. a Christmas story. And she's great. Um, this was, I think this might've been my introduction to her because I hadn't seen Hellfest yet. So, um, yeah, so to me, that's what she's from. And dude, I, I don't know. I think that you started the first season and didn't like it, right? Uh, yeah, I, I think I finished it. There's a teddy bear and stuff, right? Yeah, I haven't seen it in a while, so yeah. my memory is kind of shot. The, the, the first one is the one that really like brought me in. It's the one with like the children's... Yeah, something involving kids. <laughs> Fucking creepy, yeah. So I, I will say I was a little off-put by it. I remember it was like the first year I... I lived in this house that yeah. I watched it um, and I was just not, not totally captivated, but talking to a lot of different folks that we really valued the opinion of, like, I feel like unanimously this show is really well respected and real, really well liked. Uh, so I feel like I need to just maybe revisit and hit it with an open mind. Uh, might not dig it again, but yeah, I, was, I mean, I was not a huge fan the first time through. I remember it was like, dude, look at my baby. And then you were like, mm, eh, big nose. He's cute. Eyes are too far cute, apart. Baby? It's like, what? Yeah. I will, I will, uh, for you and for a lot of others that, uh, that I respect, I will revisit this. Oh man. Yeah. No, that was, that was heartbreaking for me, but it's yeah. still on shutter, right? I, I don't know. Maybe. It was so. It was a sci-fi original, is where it like originally aired. Forty nine ninety nine on the uh, box set here. So this ran from twenty sixteen to twenty eighteen. So yeah, if it is still streaming and you can find it up, and if you haven't seen it, dude, absolutely try it. You might be on John's end, you might be on mine, but worth a check out. All right, very good, (laughs) man. All right, I'm heading to a similar time frame here. 2015 to 2019 to be exact. Whoa. Yeah. So I'm going to go with the 
television show <clears throat> Scream. Music on. Tyler? You can't do a slasher movie as a TV series. Slasher movies burn bright and fast. <laughs> Nina, are you home? By the time the first body is found, <laughs> it's only a matter of time before the bloodbath commences. Say so you get a room, but I don't want the cleanup. You slept with Nina. So this, uh, I know we've talked about this show quite a few times on, on <laughs> yeah. this podcast. Scream Dads. Um, so this was on MTV for the first two seasons and then VH1 for the third. Uh, but Tim Hunter directed multiple episodes of this show and Tim Hunter directed multiple episodes of Twin Peaks. So just nice. Draw that line there. Um, Jamie Travis, Ty West, our buddy, directed an episode of uh, yeah. the show as yep. well. But one this, of our favorite episodes, if not my favorite. Oh, well, you're about to hear about nice. season one, episode nine in a minute here. Uh, <laughs> but, but this show starring Willa Fitzgerald, uh, Bex Taylor-Kloss, John Karna, Carlson Young. And this is a serialized anthology uh, that follows a group of teenagers being targeted by a masked serial killer. So um, essentially it's the theme from Scream. Um you know, the movie from 96, but this is a uh, watered down, um, more culturally aware version, I'd say, of Scream that is legitimately made for a major network. That's like what it, that's what it is, and that's what it feels like. Um, but I, I, I feel like this show was probably responsible for, much like Scream was responsible in 1996 for me. Um, I feel like this show is probably and hopefully responsible for influencing a lot of younger kids uh, in the mid 2000s into pursuing horror as a genre um, because it, it made it pretty approachable, made it pretty, it kind of dumbed it down a little bit, made it um, easily accessible. And uh, it had, it, <clears throat> they gave it a little bit of like CW treatment, which we've talked dude, about before, but 100%. yeah, hundred percent, but that makes it watchable to the younger audience. Like you said, and they, it's not egregious. Honestly, it's not uh, pretty little liars. It's, <clears throat> it's very close, but it's, it's a horror, man. Like the kills are, the kills impressive. are pretty nasty. Yeah. And I know we talk frequently <laughs> about not knowing the difference between bad writing and bad acting, but I will say this show is very apparent. Like the first season, um, the writing is really not that great. In the second season, it steps the fuck up. Huge step like, up, yeah. Big step up. Well, they change writers feel. because it, yeah, yeah. The the throwbacks I think are super apparent in this. Um, so they they do a nice job of of balancing. Uh, hey, we have to accommodate and speak to the you know the teen crowd at the moment, and then also satisfy the. 23 25 28 year old person that's also watching it uh that was a fan of of the films so i, I feel like they did a a decent job of balancing that and i i was totally the like completely opposed to this yeah i remember when it first came out and it was like oh dude uh i made this homemade brew do you want to taste it and he was like okay yeah give me a sip and then he sipped it and you're like trash this yeah sucks can i have another one and then i sipped it again and i was like it's okay. It's not that bad. And then I sipped it again and I was like, all right, I'm going to drink this in the basement by myself. Don't tell anyone I'm yeah, going to yeah. drink this. And then finally, like 
I, I think because I didn't watch I'm make it. a podcast and announce to the world how much I love this show. <laughs> well, I didn't watch this until I think all of it was out. So I was able to kind of go from season one to season two and see the growth of it and whatnot. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah um, I don't think you hit it until it was streaming. Yeah, it was definitely on. Because I had watched something. them as they aired, I remember. And I remember like my wife was always like, why do you keep watching this? Because you bitch and moan every time. Every, I was like, well, every year I watch this once a year. And I loved like, so I remember as it was airing, I still smoked cigs. And I remember like it aired like now, you know, like summer vibe. Yeah. I would take like breaks and commercial and go smoke. It felt great. <laughs> it was great outside. I'll start smoking right now. <laughs> <laughs> take it easier there. But uh, my favorite character for sure is Noah's character, John Carna. Um, I, yeah. He does a great job <laughs> in this. Uh, he's charismatic he's funny and i scoffed when i first saw his character too like you're no fucking randy yeah, dude get yeah, out of here he, noah and then it's like hey uh what's your email he dude he's great he does a fantastic job and he has a podcast and it's great yeah called the morgue yeah yeah um but the my favorite season definitely season two mm-hmm. um there was a third season that came out later on vh1 the biggest draw for that was that they brought the actual ghost face mask yeah, back. Yep. Because the first two are Brandon James. But the the episode I think I like the most is the Ty West directed one, season one, episode nine, called, entitled The Dance. Yeah. It takes place on Halloween, so it's got the theme. Yep. Uh, Ty West directed it, who is obviously amazing, we love, and um, it's probably my favorite one. But yeah, I think we're both pretty yeah. fond of this show. Yep. I actually haven't hit it in the past couple of years because... Um, you don't want to like play it out, you know? Yeah. I don't watch it every single year. Yeah. I don't want to. I, I did. Like there was a moment where Except I was. I do. And then it was like, uh, I don't want to end up like making it a yearly trek that I don't want to take, you know? <sighs> I got to get in we my. Go to the lake again. Well, then you start to look and you're like, that fucking relationship between the coroner and the exactly and you can't study it. you find yourself studying yeah. it too hard and you shouldn't don't please do not look too closely at this show you don't want a, a book uh written about this show right no brad would not write on this uh, i was gonna say yeah. brad is not brad tukes is not writing on this one all right. all right but that uh that's my number three nice dude that's a fucking great one um no secret that we both love that. All right, so my number three is going to be, dude, this this is the one. This is my, like, pound puppy from when I was, like, eight. <laughs> this is when I dig out of the box in my dad's basement and I bring home with me. Um, this is Goosebumps, oh. the TV show. So this is based, uh, clearly, based on the series of uh, scary anthology stories um, called Goosebumps from our buddy R.L. Stein. From Ohio? Yes, sir. I was going to say, yeah. Um, so he 
he acts as kind of the crypt keeper for I think the first like twelve or so episodes. And I think someone was like, um, "Hey, can you quit doing that?" Parents are getting scared. <laughs> they don't want their kids to watch this. <laughs> they have no idea you're the author. They just think you're a creep. Uh, so this yeah. went four seasons, seventy four episodes. It spawned a couple different movies uh, that are yeah. Mm. Um, either way, it's fun for movies like that to come back. You know, dude. Like, for them to bring as something as classic as Goosebumps back, like the movies don't work for me, but um, either way, great to have them. Uh, the kids like them, so it's great. Uh, but this, I, these are just like, they're not as good as the books. Some of the books, this is one of those where like your first pack of trading cards is amazing. And then it's like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, Schmo Jackson is like your, the next pack you're in. Bo's, uh, Bo's younger brother, Shmo Jackson. Either way, like this show to me was just, uh, I think it was a Canadian show. Uh, it was on a channel called YTV in Canada, and then it came to Fox Kids in the U.S. Um, ran from 95 to 98. And so I was like 14 when this came out. And I just remember like always being on that cusp of like being scared, but it also just being really fun. Very yeah. much so, like, uh, and it hit you at a time where you're like, I'm, I'm getting a little too old for this. Like, yeah, no, I don't, fuck you guys for being scared. scared of this. Yeah, very much like, are you afraid of the dark? Uh, yeah, which could have made this list, but it, it's not streaming, so I don't get to watch it as much. Dude, I will say, as a parent, like now watching some of this shit, like my kids have uh, watched quite a few episodes of this show. Yeah, and. uh what was the other my one? My son as well. We, we were watching Erie, Indiana, I remember. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And my daughter was like really kind of into that. And it has certain moments where I'm like, oh my God, that cannot fucking be allowed for children. Well, the 90s were a different time. Dude, you know? different yeah. time. Different time. Indeed. But these shows are so ridiculous. Like the parents are always the like the most <sighs> over the top, weird, almost like a parent from the fifties sometimes like, it was like, what are you going for? I don't even understand. Well, I think that's this shit. part of the function of goosebumps is it's like the parents are the aliens and mm-hmm. like we kids are in this together. Like no one will understand the plight that we're dealing with in the, in the quote unquote horrors that we're managing. It's like the parents don't even exist in the problem solving aspect of these dude. <laughs> like they never. don't exist. Yeah. Like honestly never. <laughs> right. It's and oftentimes they're weird. part of the problem. Yes. Yeah. Yep. Your dad's been replaced by a plant man in the basement. Yeah. So great show though, man. Dude, some of my favorite episodes are the haunted mask, which was the first episode of goosebumps. Did you know that? I did not. Not the first book though. No, no, no. First episode of the show. I remember it was like, that was the most immensely popular Carly. What's her name? Carly Joe or whatever. Carly. Yeah. I don't know. Um, but that the cover art, I think is what made that so like even still I like I'm looking into the air right now like into the sky and I see it in the sky yeah like I know exactly <laughs> what that cover was and dude that episode came out on October 27th of 95 that was the first episode that yeah oh my god um and it was a two-parter they did a lot of two-parters of that what do you show. think you were doing on October 27th 1995 I, great fucking question I have no idea what day of the week you think it was Friday should we check? Again, a great question. I have no idea. 
I don't know when the show aired. It seems like the episodes were pretty close together. So another uh, favorite episode was Say Cheese and Die with Ryan Gosling. And I just found out today, I didn't know this, Scott Speedman is in that one. Really? Um, Attack of the Jack-O-Lanterns, of course. You want to know when Attack of the Jack-O-Lanterns aired, John? October 29th, 1996. Uh, The Haunted Mask Part 2 also aired. October 29th, 1996. So October 27th, 1995 was a Friday. Perfect. And then my last episode I want to mention is the blob that ate everyone, which is where like this kid and his friend are writing the story on this typewriter. Uh, It's a rainy day in his bedroom and they're like writing the story about the blob and everything starts coming true as he types it on this typewriter. And uh, dude, I just like I rewatched that episode not long ago with my son and just the setting of it is fucking perfect like that just like dude being the, stuck it, in your house it is rain. any anywhere USA is yeah, like the always, setting for every always. fucking no name everyone yeah. yep but it clearly was like Canada slash Midwest <laughs> USA <laughs> Ontario Indiana but I um I went through a phase where when I first started working from home um this was streaming on Netflix and I would just like have my iPad set up and watch or just like binge this. I remember you talking to me about yeah. that. And, um, I, I think I went like three times in a row and then finally I got to the point where I was like, Oh fuck this episode. Like I started getting pissed about certain episodes and I was like, I, I think I'm done. I think I need a break. Uh, but yeah, no, I, I fucking, this is my pound puppy that I'm cuddling up with at the age of 40 uh, that I just dug out of my parents' basement. Yeah. Uh, we'd love to hear from our, uh, Canadian listeners on this be interested to know wow what you, what you guys think dude great pick honestly yeah great I'd, pick no list would be complete without the uh, goosebumps collection all right john number right, three i'm going way back way back so i'm going to 1962 actually mm. um a show that aired from 1962 to 1965 um this is the alfred hitchcock hour So good. Now tell the listeners the difference between the Alfred Hitchcock Hour and Alfred Hitchcock Presents. So Alfred Hitchcock Presents uh, actually started as a 30-minute spot um, in, I think, 1955. So it preceded this. So um, that had a lot of seasons. I want to say seven, maybe. Um, it, it might have run actually directly into this. Um, but similar to Tales from the Crypt, Alfred Hitchcock would kind of MC the introduction. The You mean similar to R.L. Stein? <laughs> similar to our boy R.L. Stein, who <laughs> MC'd eight uh, in, intros. Yeah, Alfred Hitchcock would kind of do the intros, and he would always have like this quirky. And I remember watching this as a kid, and not like every intro Alfred Hitchcock would do, I'd be like, I'd be looking at my mom and I'd be like, what the, like, what is he talking about? Like, what is he saying? And she'd be like, well, he's commenting on economy and commerce. And it would always be like some snarky, like way over your head, unless you have an IQ of 9 million, like you didn't understand it, especially as a kid. Um, But I loved Alfred Hitchcock presents, but the Alfred Hitchcock hour uh, was the more, uh, there's more maturation to it. You know, they were longer, uh, they were more thought out. 
and honestly, they were they were not accessible uh, to the public very much up until I want to say the past two years. You've been able to find them streaming, but like I watched them as a kid with my mom on who knows what, like TMC or whatever. And then in college, they had uh, the Chiller Channel, which I talk frequently about. Yes. And the Chiller Channel had this marathon, and I, it was like I had AT&T U-verse, and I was like recording them on yeah. DVR, right? So I remember I had like 50 episodes of the Alfred Hitchcock Hour, and my roommate Jason was like, hey, uh, can we clear some space? And I was like, nope, 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 nope. Um, and my sister, your wife, bought me this like janky ass bootleg. The most bootleg thing. Dude, it honestly was like someone's chiller channel streaming and then someone recording their television. Like I have them on DVD of that. But was it like one episode per disc or something? Because it was like a stack of discs that were rubber banded. I still have it upstairs. It's absurd. Uh, But I, I, I do. I love this show. Um, So again, this was, brought in by by Alfred Hitchcock so these were frequently so not quite like Twilight Zone took it more sci-fi and otherworldly at yeah. times this was more real life horror sure uh, so it involved murders or kidnappings or mixtures of the, of the two of them or a case of mistaken identity like Hitchcock has his five to seven themes that he kind of recycles and he didn't direct these but he was, you know, heavily involved in the selection of the stories. Yeah. So I, I, I absolutely love this show. And my favorite episode, without a doubt, uh, is the third season, 17th episode. You can find this online if you've not seen this. Please, if you enjoy this podcast, get out a pen right now. Okay. Season three, episode 17, it's called An Unlocked Window. Write that down, An Unlocked Window. Check it out. Let us know what you think. The, this, the episode is great. The setting is great. It takes place in this, like, stormy, I don't want to say castle, but it's like this manor. This person's sick. He's on oxygen. He has 24-hour nurse care. These nurses are taking care of him. The storm is super bad. There's this... Uh, killer on the loose like it's just that's a good representation of this series and i love hitchcock i love this series and i love the show yeah this is a good one um you and your sister introduced this one to me um i did not have the family experience growing up watching this so um i would have never found it i don't think well hopefully I did. we introduced it to and that uh, that episode you just talked about is the one i think you guys showed me yeah like no yeah no you'll like this watch this and then it was all downhill from there. Like nothing was as good, you know? <laughs> I mean, that 100% is, is the best episode. Yeah. So, but I, I had an uphill battle liking that because I was still in my, uh, no black and white phase. Yeah, it is black and white. Yeah. It, it um, did, did come out in 1960. But so. I, I feel like I have grown to have that same like feeling that you guys have from it. Um, it's like, a, it, again, it's a comfort that you get, you know? It's like that meatloaf that you don't eat now, but you used to love and you still love. Yeah. You, your wife doesn't make it, but like when you go to your mom's house and you know what I mean? Yeah, man. I, I love this show. Yeah. 
good one. And it's on Peacock or something now. Yeah. So the whole yeah. the whole series is on Peacock. Yep. Yeah. I think both are right. This and the yes. Yeah. Yep. Uh, I keep meaning to dig into that, but um, all right. So my number two. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So this is a biggie. Um, this is one that I'm sure you could have had, and everyone listening probably would have. Uh, this is Tales from the Crypt. So this ran from 1989 all the way to 1996. It aired on HBO. I think most of it did. Uh, the final season, the seventh season, moved to the UK for some fucking reason. Um, I don't really watch that season much. I'm sure it's fine. John Casser, man. It's just, it's, I love it's this weird show so much. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, John Casser plays uh, the Crypt Keeper who is just like punny, amazing. amazing. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so this is an anthology series again based on um, uh, it's an anthology series of tales based on the comic book from the fifties, uh, EC Comics. EC, yeah. Um, seven seasons, ninety three episodes, and four spinoff movies. Um, like I said, season seven moved to the UK, which was weird. It was just a weird. Weird, like now going back and like watching the first six seasons, and then you go to seven. Wait, what the what yeah. the hell happened? Um, so I I do mean to sit down. I we own these. We did this weird fucking thing when we lived together in Chicago, where like we bought one and two, you bought three and four, and like yeah. so we own like now you and I have, I have like mashup a of, box set of season five, and there's like one disc in it up there. Yeah, it's all exactly. fucked up. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. I need like a we need like a box set of these. In Blu-ray. What in the fuck is going on? Get yeah. that done. Whoever does these. I'm making it sound like so easy. Like, just, no, just like. Make a peanut butter and jelly. Make a candle. Just yeah. do it. Um, <laughs> all right. So my favorite episodes. <clears throat> there's so many. It's so hard. <laughs> Dude, like, I was like browsing through. Like, man. Um, all right, so all through the house, which is season one, episode two, which is just like every Christmas we, ha- we have to watch it. Yeah, we have a watch through the of that episode of on our Patreon. Yeah, we do. The creepiest of Santas. Could you imagine if like you went to like walk your kids up at the mall to <sighs> see Santa and it was this fucking guy? It's drunk uh Yeah. Snaggle tooth. Gap between every tooth. Dude. Uh I remember when we watched that for Patreon, it was I think there was a snowstorm outside mm-hmm. actually mm-hmm. that night. That was yeah, fun. that's what that's I think what prompted us to do that. A lot of fun. Um, another one is the new arrival from season four, episode seven. That's the one with like the girl with the porcelain mask. Yeah, dude. <laughs> oh fuck. Yeah. So scary. Uh, these one thing about this show is it is very fucking adult. That I, that's why it was on HBO. It is yeah. so adult, dude, and it couldn't have been. It could not have been done anywhere else. TBS, no. Do you have the Corey Feldman episode on here? The I don't think I have that one on here. So I have uh, the it's new the arrival. Fraternity House, right? Yeah. 
Uh, the new arrival is with David Warner and Zelda, Zelda Rubenstein. Yeah, Zelda yeah, yeah. Rubenstein is in that one. Uh, cutting cards. That's one with Lance Henri- Henriksen when he's like playing the poker or whatever <laughs> yeah, yeah. for like cutting fingers off. Uh, Ed Begley Jr. Oh, no. Um, Lance Henriksen and Kevin Teig. I don't know how to say that dude's name. Uh, and then Death of Some Salesman. You remember that one with Tim Curry and Ed Begley Jr.? That is season. Holy shit. That Tim is Curry, season, I forgot about that one. Yeah, so that one is season five, episode one. Man. Uh, cutting Cards was season two, episode three. But yeah, this one is season three, episode... This is like... I think that when we started doing this endeavor, this was like one of the first ones that we put... That we watch. Yeah, because it's season five, episode one. So somebody had must have bought me season five. Yeah. And we watched that, like, we were both, like, we need every season after yeah, watching that. Yeah, was at the uh, CD Movie Exchange. Yeah. I make, like, $9 <laughs> yeah. an hour right now. I got you this. <laughs> exactly. out <laughs> of order. Uh, and then the last one I have on here is uh, Let the Punishment Fit the Crime, season six, episode one. That's the one with Catherine O'Hara. And she gets picked up for, like, a traffic violation. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And then next thing you know, she's, like, in uh, the stockade. And it's like, what the fuck is happening? Dude, those, uh, those first episodes, they really would, they'd start off the season with, with the bangers, you know? With a bang for sure. Yeah. yeah. Oh, man. And I, I uh, put in my notes here, amazing intro. One of the best, like, intros to a show ever. He would always have, like, that was the modern day hitch. Like, I, I, think don't, Hitchcock, I don't even mean just him, like, um, unbelievably amazing, the, the, Crypt Keeper. I'm talking just that intro from the beginning of the the opening of the gate. Oh, like to all the way in the house and yeah. through and down the st- down yeah. to that creepy fucking cellar. Yeah, the whole thing, dude. And it, it like you are anticipating getting to the Crypt Keeper, and when you get there, he does not let you down. Never. Oh man, do I love it? Oh, he's such a little prick. I love him. He's he is such a <laughs> dick. Yeah. Absolutely love. Wasn't him. there one with like? I liked how there used to be like some surprise cameos like Arnold Schwarzenegger or someone. I want to think uh, Tom Hanks. Was he? He directed, he, he directed an one. episode. Yeah. Yeah. And there are pictures of him with the Crypt Keeper. Yes, that's what it is. But yeah. I, I don't think he was in the intro. But yeah, he did direct an episode, which is awesome. Yeah. So good. It's, Love it's me so, some Tales from the Crypt. It's crazy like how many of these shows kind of were like Robert Redford was in... Uh, so young in an episode of uh, Alfred Hitchcock presents like, yeah, yeah, no, this was a gateway for a lot of uh, mo- big time movie stars now. Yeah. The show I'm about to bring up my last one certainly was, I don't think this is going to be any surprise to anybody, but this certainly is my number one. Uh, it's probably my favorite show of all time, uh, but I'm going with the show that aired uh, starting 1993 and all the way up into 2018 when it had its uh, resurgence, but The X-Files. So this was Chris Carter's brainchild. So many amazing directors. Kim Manners, uh, rest in peace, Kim. David Nutter, James Wong, Glenn Morgan. His brother, Darren Morgan, wrote a bunch of episodes too, starring, obviously, Fox Mulder 
and Dana Scully with David Duchovny and Jillian Anderson. Mitch Pledgy also. This show is just... I, I don't have enough positive things to say about it. This was one that my parents would pretty religiously collect together to watch. And I remember I would I would pretend to fall asleep on the couch. Um, we had this green couch. And I would pref- uh, pretend to fall asleep on the couch. And I would, like, watch the show out of the crack of my eye. Because they... You know, this... I mean, the show's adult, certainly in 19, <laughs> 1993 as a six or seven year old, like you shouldn't be watching X-Files. Not as adult as Tales from the Crypt. Most certainly not as adult <laughs> as uh, Tales, Tales from the Crypt. Way more approachable. But I would watch this in snippets out of the corner of my eye or peeking around the corner of the room for sure. So this, this show, like, uh, it was important to me growing up. And then um, once I had the opportunity as an adult to, like, really, really dive in, uh, and, and just experience it and understand the ramifications of like being a professional. Cause it wasn't until like I, I had like a job jobs that I started to watch this and I was like, Oh my God, like imagine being Fox Mulder and having this career and being this professional and being a pariah and, um, just believing what you believe in to the extent where it's like, I don't give a fuck what anyone around me thinks. Yeah. You're just a joke to your co-workers essentially and he's so committed to the mission the entire time um it and i just remember like observing that and feeling that and experiencing that and being like oh my god um that had a profound impact on me so that coupled with the fact that uh the kamel nanjiani podcast the x-files files was really like what got me into podcasts and then listening through that and listening to you know darren morgan's interviews on there um Later, you know, Jillian Anderson, David Duchovny being on podcast too, and really that's sort of what led to the resurgence of of the X Files. I think. Yeah. Um, I don't, I don't think those new seasons would have come out if it, was, no, if it wasn't he, for him. He was on the Were Monster one it, too. It's you know? really funny to go back and listen to like the progression because it starts off and it's like, "Hey, I'm doing this for my phone, basically." Yeah. Like, and people make jokes about like if you ever get to like talk to Jillian, yeah. and he's like. <laughs> You know, like, don't even say it out loud. And there's one episode where uh, his buddy's on. He was like, you see David Duchovny uh, is releasing another fucking album tomorrow. I can't believe that. And he was like, don't say it. He was like, we will listen to it and we will love it. (laughs) It's so funny. Right. Uh, But yeah, Kamel's hilarious. Uh, But his his commentary on the show is it's really interesting and. There's so much comedy to it, but there's so much intelligence to it. And it's it's true. And this this show really speaks to different aspects of like nationalism, of government intervention. And it came out in a time where like politics was really pretty boring, right? Uh, we're talking mid nineties. Internet just became a thing. The the economy's going well, things are are fine. We've got some couple foreign conflicts happening, but there's not a ton of excitement happening throughout the world, you know? Um, and this was one of those vehicles that kind of like spiced things up, inserted the concept of conspiracy theory into people's minds, brought us to the general public. And this show really got people using like what are pretty much modern day, like direct messages and comment sections, like message boards on, on the internet like this was the the early onset of of kind of being a nerd and this show really sort of propelled that so i don't I don't think this show would have existed if it were not for twin peaks um not because 
David Duchovny was in, in both, but I really don't think had Twin Peaks not been there to kind of work out some of the kinks and prove the point that it did and get the point proven upon it that it had, uh, I, I don't think this would have happened and been the level of successful that it was. So Now, I also love this show just beyond belief, but I don't know that I've ever watched um, the Robert Patrick seasons. Oh, I, I have. I think that's where I got to the point where I was like, it. I think I'm gonna bow out now that David's gone. I mean, I I think the the first season is so pure and good, but I I feel like the the pinnacle of the series is like season three, season four, um, even some of three, even season five, five, dude. Yeah. There's some great episodes in that yeah. five, yeah. But that three, four, five range is for sure. Like that's when it it hits its full stride for sure. Yeah, I mean, I love one and two as well, but they, so it, they it, with a lot of the shows on this list. The later you get in the seasons, the more like watered down they get. Like we were talking about Tales from the Crypt, how they always start off strong, and then like yeah, by the end you're like it's a it's fine. Uh, yeah, but Tales from the Crypt is or X Files is one where like as the seasons progressed, it was like they just got better at their craft and better at writing these fucking stories, which is insane because you would think it would get harder. Yeah, especially when you're uh, putting out. 20 plus episodes a year like that is insane yeah and as a writer that would be so tough because you're trying to stick to the overall arc uh but you're also trying to make these very creative monster of the week episodes and trying to tie those in together that would be very tough well in in doing research uh on this show too a lot of the frequent contributors so you'd have (laughs) david nutter or kim manners or, or or james wong you know, Darren Morgan, they'd come in, um, it's sort of in pockets, but they would contribute, have eight episodes off and then contribute again. Right. Uh, but they listening to them or, or reading about their commentary on it, they would frequently say like, we didn't know, like we would read about what was happening to characters in the news, like as it was happening. So they were like, fuck, like, this is what our landscape is now this. And we we're finding out about it the way the general population is finding out about it. Like, oh, my God, Deep Throat's been killed. Uh, what where are we heading next with the, the series? Like they would find that out then, um, which to me is fascinating. And it, it really was like the, the pinnacle of of media intersecting and general population and the public intersecting with with media on something that was so widely kind of being consumed, uh, which, which is super, super interesting. Um, and obviously I was way too young to experience that piece of it, but you know, looking back on it now as a person, that's, I'd like to think pretty thoughtful. Like it's just really inspiring and and pretty neat. So probably my favorite show of all time. Amazing show, amazing chemistry. Uh, between the two so oh my favorite episode uh i know we've talked about this multiple times but season four episode three clyde clyde bruckman's final yeah. pose uh-huh. uh with peter boyle in it you know, that was a uh, an episode what that else was, uh won the yeah our boy from friday 13th part two is in it too yeah uh, ned but, ted one of the two ed <laughs> uh but that this one was written by by darren morgan absolutely love this episode and it's my favorite Season four, episode three. Excellent. Home is one of my favorites as well. Oh, dude, there, I mean, there's just be. yeah, there's so, so many. many. Yeah. That first season too, like Tombs, um, Squeeze, 
I, I love that little. I also really love offset. the one when they go to like Northern Oregon, and there's those like bees or flies or whatever the fuck those bugs that like nest and they're stuck in like a remote cabin with like a radio that's that been dude, like smashed in. Uh, and uh, dude, yeah, they they have that like uh electromagnetic field about them when they're outside. because yeah, like literally everything just like doesn't work as it should. Like, no, get in that truck and oh well, the battery. It's my new yeah. lawnmower. Mm-hmm. Oh, so many great, so many great. Love that show. Um, all right, so true to form. If you know me, you probably know what my number one is. Yep. Uh, my number one is going to be um, Stranger Things. You've broken everything. Suffering is almost at an end. Dear Billy, I don't know if you can even hear this. Ever since you left, everything's been a total disaster. For a while, we tried to be happy. Normal. I know that's impossible. Far from Hawkins. Uh, so runs from 2016 to present, still going by the Duffer Brothers. Uh, just truly one of the best shows um, of all time, in my opinion. And um, it's amazing because, like, you get to a point in life where you think, like, nothing's going to come out now that's going to top anything that I already like, you know? Yeah. And then something like this comes out, and it's like, no, you don't know that I'm gonna about to change your fucking life. Uh, at the age of 35 or however old I, old I was when this came out. <clears throat> so we're in the fourth season. Um, we still have two episodes left. Come out on July 1st. Right? Yeah, sure do. It's going to be nuts because that last episode is going to be two and a half hours. So it's going to be like a long movie. Um, which season, episode seven was like an hour and a half. Very long. Yeah. Um, all right. So this dude. They nailed the setting. They nailed the time. Like, you're in 1980. Uh, so this starts 1983. Yeah, so the first season's 83, and then every subsequent season is the, the next year. So we're in 86 in season four. Um, every episode, as you already alluded to, has its own unique, like, so the new trend or the new, um, like, thing in the 80s. So, like, in the second season, we have the arcade now. is huge, right? Yeah, so, they're in the yeah. arcade, the Dig Dug record and shit. Uh, season three, we have Starcourt Mall, which is, like, the best mall I've ever fucking seen. <laughs> yeah. Um, like, dude, when they do that, like, intro to them, I, I want to be there. Yeah. Uh, and my son feels the same way. Like, he just, like, loves... Season three, I think, is his favorite. 
and he loves Starcourt Mall. Like he just he and now I think it's like rubbed off in real life because he wants to go to the mall all the time. And I'm like, dude, this is not Starcourt. It's fucking Southern Park Mall. It sucks. <laughs> it does suck. And the characters are just incredible. All it, I was telling my wife, like, what makes every season incredible and what makes this show so good is that every year when they do introduce new characters, they're fucking great. Like Argyle. They're not shitty. Yeah. Uh, Billy, as much as he's kind of a scumbag, he's a great fucking character. Eddie yeah. is a ama- Eddie is just like one of the best characters, you know? Um, so man, I just can't say enough good things. Like the way that I feel this show now is like, um, it, I feel not like my pound puppy, but like my horror t-shirts in my drawer. It's like, yeah. which one do I want now? Like which season do I want? It depends on the season though. Like I don't have a favorite season because it depends. And now this show has become like seasonality for me. So season two is probably my favorite one, but it's only, I'm only going to watch it in the, you know, in the fall. Um, season one is pretty much any time. I don't think that's super specified, but season three is clearly 4th of July. And uh, the new season is, I don't know. Did they specify in this one? I don't know. I feel like it's going to be comma winter. Yeah. Winter one, though, just because, because it's like the one you, yeah. I, yeah, I think of the first one as a fall one as well. Uh, but well, do you remember, when so we were on my bachelor a, party trip came out in the summer yeah remember yeah when we, july we drew we drove down to virginia uh to go see every time i die mm-hmm. and counterparts for my bachelor party and then right. we, the day we got home we had like three coolers all filled with growlers so we had like they were 12 the growlers cr- uh crowlers, crowlers that's right yeah <laughs> uh but remember we got home and this when i was living in my old house and we turned on Netflix and the first thing that popped up, it was that the bike, the red bike yeah, with the wheel. Yeah. And we were like, what the fuck is this? Um, and we put it on and we were we went all in like, so haphazardly. Like, ah, well, I mean, what is this? Sound, the, the people are talking about sounds it. Yeah. Good. yeah. Uh, I just remember. And we all were instantly captivated. Like meat was burning on the grill and crawlers well, were getting warm. You remember everyone came, <laughs> we got home and yeah. Brittany was like, thank God you're home. Been alone for a, a minute here. Uh, and just four boys in the, Everyone was supposed to go home, yeah, we and then we there. all ended up. We we're like, you know what? We're just gonna grill out and watch this show here tonight now, and do that. Yeah. So that's kind of what we did. So, uh, but yeah, dude, I, I'm, I'm with you. As I mentioned at the top of the show, just the the way uh, the show's evolved and continues to take different storytelling devices and perfect them and then kind of compound that every single season is it's amazing um the characters the writing the acting you know that's what brought you in at first uh then they perfect a setting right and then they perfect like just any literary device uh that exists um they take it they put it under their wing they focus on it and this this most recent season man it, it it might be my favorite it's just so um, it's emotional. You, you care so much about the characters. It's mm-hmm. dude. I was tearing up down here watching it. Um, I I love it, man. It's so it's so well filmed. The cuts are incredible. Uh, it's flashy as hell. It's 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 beautiful looking. Uh, the photography is incredible. Yeah. Oh, so wait, my favorite character. Yeah, yeah. Who's your favorite? Uh, I don't know. I cheated. It's it's Hopper. It's L and it's Steve. <laughs> I think my favorite is Steve. Uh, but th- from the actual core friend group, it's Mike. Oh. So Mike, Lucas, Dustin, and Will, they would be the core friend group. Mike's my favorite one of that group. 
Will is my least favorite favorite. Um, Poor Will. He he doesn't have a lot of like contribution. No, and his contribution is typically like Debbie Downer, you know, or dressed like as the gravity. fucking wizard. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Hark! Like, get the fuck out of here. Uh, Eddie is like probably my new Ancillary favorite character. Like, yeah. Dude, um, I, I love that Argyle from the new season. Yeah, yeah, Argyle's great as well. Dustin's probably my favorite from the core friend group. Um, Steve, yeah? Steve's Dustin. probably my favorite overall, though. Yeah, Steve is just the best. Dude, his... Uh, my wife loves Robin. Uh, she's great as well. Oh, in this new season, the way they yeah. expanded her character, and so, Erica, too. We were talking about how... I still don't like Erica. But um, we were talking about how nobody likes Nancy. So they were like, you know what, let's put Robin who everybody loves with Nancy and then Robin will get to love Nancy. And so will the viewers. I still don't love Nancy, but I, it was an, uh, a noble try attempt. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and then my favorite, like I said, I, I just can't pick a favorite season. It's just too hard to do. But if I like, if you put a gun in my head, I'd probably say season two. Yeah. Uh, but then when you pull the gun away, I'd say no season three. Cause I love them all. So uh, and I love like that first episode when they're sneaking in the theater and they just like that anticipation of like, fuck, we're going to miss the previews. Like yeah. they run in there and like Dawn of the Dead starts like, dude, I've, I'll run home and watch it right <laughs> fucking now. I just love it so much. Uh, but yeah, my least favorite character would be Nancy. And the first season I wanted to make a note after going back and watching E.T. so fresh on my mind. The first season is fucking E.T., dude. It just is like L is E.T., uh, they even do the dress up with it, the wig. It I mean, is. It's yeah. fucking, it's so much E.T. Oh, and the thing poster in the basement, too. Yeah, and then he's got, That's I think my one, Jonathan has an Evil Dead poster. Yeah, in his he room. does, yeah. yeah. My one con- concern or complaint, my one complaint with this new season is that um, being separated from Hawkins and having the friend group, bro- group broken up the, the new season you're talking about? Yeah. yeah. That, it's kind of an issue for me, you know? So I, you told me this before I started it. And then I went into it and I was like, the whole time I was like defending a position that I never even took against <laughs> you. Fuck him. And I was like, yeah, no, we're not in Hawkins, but we get two Hawkins now. Now we have a new. Yeah. Um, and I was like, they're all going to come together anyways. Like, fuck John. Uh, but yeah, I I don't know. It didn't bother me as much as I went into it anticipating it would. You know what bothered me is the treatment of L. So I got a question for you. You remember what it is I don't like about the Fright Night remake so much? The CG. And? Oh. Fucking Nevada oh, town. Yeah, yeah. That the might ET as well, setting. That might as well be the town that they live in. In California, get it out of here. Yeah. Get back to the Midwest. We're Midwest boys. I see what you're saying. I was born in California, but. <laughs> All right. Great pick. I'll talk about this for years. Uh, Dude, we, what's, your, what's your favorite season? Two or three. Yeah. Yeah. Or four. Or, yeah. or one. Right. I don't know. Right. I, I honestly think probably three is the one that. I recall being in like a certain like environment and circumstance being like, this is like perfect. Cause it came out that summer. That was when I it came out on 4th of July. I think I was putting the floor in down here in the podcast. Oh, space, yeah. Remember? Yeah. And I watched, um, all of season two 
and all of season three, like over the course of three days as I was like doing home renovation down yeah. here. Um, and it just was like a nice experience, you know? Oh, so I wanted to mention too, this is as a horror dad, this is where sometimes you step into it. Um, so my, my kids love fucking stranger things. Both of them, they do. Um, <clears throat> so Friday night, like I get done working, it's time to come inside for the kids and everything. And like, they've, they're pumped, right? Like making popcorn and like we have candy, like we always do a movie night every now and then once a month or something where like they get candy that like, we yeah. do fake tickets and shit. Uh, so this was like our movie night, right? And like Katie's taking pictures, like stranger things night. We get like five minutes in and was like, all right, well, kid, you get, we, you can't watch this. <laughs> like, I this texted just- my sister, your wife. And I said, uh, <clears throat> cause I watched the first couple of yeah. episodes before you guys did. And I said, uh, have fun with Ryland sleeping in your bed for the next few nights because the new season of Stranger Things is scary shit. Well, we just had to be like, listen, you you can't watch this. Yeah. Like the little one, it was like absolutely not. Um, that Dude, first scene the, opens right. In. The problem is like there's too many kids involved, you know, and it's like, um, but yeah, no. Other than that, I wouldn't recommend letting uh, young kids, maybe under the age of ten, watch it. Yeah. Um, I mean, every kid's got their own, like every there's family no has their general own. general rule. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you do what you want. I'm just kind of giving a general guideline. Um, I mean, my, I wouldn't let my family, like my seven year old wouldn't be able to watch yeah. season one. My son still wants to watch it. Um, and we, my wife was saying maybe we could do a thing where like, since we've already seen it and we know where to like yeah. slip out, you know, where to fast forward. And, um, but dude, no TV list would be complete for me without this at number one. Good pick, Vecna. <clears throat> I'll tell you what we have next up is uh, ones that we didn't hit. What Run- runners up that aren't on our list. Oh. All right. Do you have any runners up? All right. So um, you and I both watch a show called Slasher. That pretty, was on. Pretty mediocre, right? Like overall, the acting. I think that was a Canadian show, but the acting was very uneven in that show. The the main uh, protagonist in the first season, I think she was Irish. Yeah, which so, she did a, good, a really nice job. But yes, like, you, there was like a there was something off. You could tell. Yeah, yeah. So, dude, Slasher was on there for me. American Horror Story, obviously, is always part of the discussion when it comes to this. But like, I just don't really like that show. <laughs> So the first like four or five seasons, it was so like, I don't even know that I want to watch this, but I feel like I should watch it. I'm supposed it. to and, watch like, this. Like it was an event. Like everybody loved it. Yeah. Uh, Haunting of Hill House was hard not to have involved. Mm-hmm. Um, speaking of emotional and scary, you know, that, that show's really well done. Uh, Mike Flanagan did an amazing job. Um, Haunting of Bly Manor, not going to be on any list other than... Um, uh, TV shows that make me go to sleep. Midnight but, Mass. Midnight That's Mass the and Hill House. I almost yeah. put on there, yeah. Uh, those were two very, very excellent ones for sure. Uh, what about, I know what you did last summer, TV show, John? Uh, <laughs> I can't even. <laughs> and then Walking Dead, right? I mean, I mean, like, I don't know that that's horror necessarily, but the whole zombie. Yeah. And I mean, the first four or five seasons are really good. Yeah, and Supernatural was on there for me too, but I I couldn't have you stare at me the way that you would had I picked that show. Yeah, because uh, you would Fair. be boring holes into my body with your eyeballs if I picked that. No doubt. 
All right, man. Um, so next up we have, I don't know if it's going to be our next episode or not, but we do have a, an interview scheduled with prominent figure that was in a couple of our, our favorites yeah. like chopping mall and Friday mm-hmm. 13th part two. So we'll let you guys speculate on who that might be. All right. With that, uh, let's wrap it, man. We appreciate Thanks you guys. Thanks for listening guys. We love you all.